This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello everyone, welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. We are in a series called So You Want to Go Multisite? where we're exploring some questions about multi-site church. Um, it's a conversation that seems to be happening uh, in a growing number of churches at the moment, whether multi-site is a model that would work, would help, would serve. And so we're having a few conversations around it uh, with, with Tim Simmons and myself, Tom O'Toole. We're both part of the team at Christ Church Manchester, uh, which is a multi-site church, um, really doing a what we call a multi-planting model. So... The way we start new sites is um, pretty similar to how people would plant churches. It's starting with a small team, it's growing something in a new community. And we've been doing this for um, as a church around 15 years, um, and Tim and I have been part of it for most of that. And um, in this conversation, uh, we're just going to get into a little bit of the philosophy of multi-site, by which we mean how the the sites of the church relate to each other and relate to what we'll call the the center which we'll come on to in a bit but um yeah tim it's, it's great to have you back on and um yeah how, how do you find it at ccm like navigating that relationship between each site having vision for its community but also being part of one big whole church mm. yeah it's interesting how do sites relate to the center i mean you you have to think a little bit about what do you mean even by the centre. So we don't have a um, we don't have like a mother morning like the, the main Sunday morning that's significantly bigger than all of the other ones. Um, it, we don't even really have an original one in a funny way. I mean, there is the first one, but that moved after we planted to two, and then that really reduced in number. And as but over the last four or five years, has really grown again. So even it kind of is, you know, the first one, but it doesn't feel, it feels quite different. It feels like that there isn't one that is more important than the others um, or carries more weight or even financially is the biggest necessarily. Some of them, you know, that ebbs and flows a bit, doesn't it? So what you mean by the centre, it probably for us isn't a site. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably because of us, the, just the way we've done it and who our leaders have been over the years, so when Colin Barron, he kind of effectively started us on this journey and he joined the church when it was about 15 people in a house. And because he would, we would describe him as, as apostolic, I suppose. Um, and so, and in our movement of churches, New Frontiers would be recognised as that and has planted numerous churches over the years and helped others to plant churches and done all of the things you'd expect apostles to do. Um, it's, so he that the center is formed a little bit by that isn't it so it's the center is a little bit the initiative to plant more in a funny way um and over the years that has morphed to the center being some practical things um but also is a little bit slightly the heartbeat of ccm um so yeah so if you were a brand new person and you joined one of our sites and you didn't know us even by going on the website you would see oh there's a few places I could choose and then I could go to the one that's nearest me that you either find us that way or a friend brings you along they tend to be the 
Uh, or you walk past a flag on the street on a <laughs> Sunday morning. That's been a growth yeah. engine in the last couple of years, isn't it? So, and, so then people will tend to interact with the whole of CCM in varying levels until an event comes along like a week of prayer. And that tends to be quite central. That's everybody in or a weekend away, which we do all together or a big offering for the poor, which we do together. Um, or maybe some of our music or some of our leadership training. So it tends to be those sorts of things which are the center, um, I think. Um, and so if we're gonna plant another one, that's never never really done by one site saying we want to plant and everybody else then catching on. It usually comes from the center. Um, and that, you know, with, with there's a lot of variety in that, isn't there? So sometimes the center will pick a place and another site will catch on to it. And sometimes, so one of our, our next um, site that we'll plant, one of the existing sites is really wants us to get on with it because they've got a lot of people over there and it will actually help solve a little bit of a problem there. So and so the, the, the center tends to be that, all of those kinds of things. Do you think that makes sense, Tom? Would you agree with that? How do you view the centre? It definitely makes sense. Um, I think I'd always con conceptually had the centre of CCM as a few teams of people mm. in my mind. So um, that that would include, uh, we, we have like an operational team that mm. meets on Tuesday mornings, um, which really is kind of just discussing some nuts and bolts admin um, mm. stuff. We have... A strategy team that's more like big picture and um, elders and uh, trustees and there, there are conversations that happen in those kind of spaces that really talk about CCM as a whole. Um, some of it's quite informal as well like when you and I and our friend Andy and a few others uh, are meeting and uh, just chatting through things. Our heads are often in CCM as yes. a whole Yes, and a lot of other people who are part of CCM, most of what occupies them when they're thinking about church is local. It's yes. their site, it's yes. what's going on uh, Sunday to Sunday and midweek around that particular community of people. Um, and I've noticed at times different leaders will kind of raise their head sometimes. And for a while, they'll have been mainly focused on their site. But all of a sudden, they'll start asking different questions. Yes. And they'll want to be in different conversations and it feels like they they're engaging and getting drawn into the sense which is slightly anomalous but mm. for me I, I i've always really seen it as a space where particular conversations happen yeah. and where, where focus is given to the whole even if it's not tightly defined as one specific team or one yes. specific site yeah i don't know if that makes yeah sense no, it does you. make sense yeah very good yeah um but when churches want to go to multi-site, this is a thing that probably is one of the most important questions to work out. Like what, what is the place that decisions are made that affect what happens in a site on Sundays? Yeah. Um, there's a whole range of different options here. Um, the, there's a guy called Brad House who we had on a broadcast webinar a few years ago and he he went through six different models that he highlighted which ranges from what he called the gallery which is like all the sites meet in the same building it's an exact clone of mm. uh, each service just repeated to franchise which is like you go into any mcdonald's in the country and it's exactly mm. the same experience same layout same menu same uniforms like it just looks identical from place to place 
through to um, the Federation, um, which is where um, it, it's the same principles, but worked out a bit more locally, through to even more loosely uh, associated things where a lot of decision making about not just the implementation, but the whole vision and approach is a lot more local, mm. um, through to what really would be uh, a bunch of separate churches that are just loosely tied together and could be anywhere on that on that range, which is just kind of helpful to see that they're all different mm. possible ways of, of doing it. Um, and we've talked at times about where we fit on there mm. as, a, as a church. Um, and it's probably somewhere in the federation-y elements of franchisee, maybe, but mm. doesn't feel quite franchisee um, like in the fullest sense. I mean, how, would, how would you see that? Yeah, I think we, we, um, we ebb and flow between franchise and federation. I think the more confident we are, the more federation we are, I think, probably. And the more we are nervous about the, the, when we lack confidence a bit or when um, we're under pressure or perhaps we feel we're not growing, I think we perhaps lean more to franchise again. I think post-COVID, we definitely pushed a bit, we swung a bit to franchise. We just, we centrally, to control is the, we just took more initiative centrally to get the local moving. And that became which I would say was fairly franchise. And then I think as we've, as our leaders have come through and our new sites have established and confidence returns, then we're slightly happier for this, you know, we become happier that we don't have to hear about every decision, I think. I think that would be fair. I think as the years have gone by, you just, the whole story has become, we've become more confident. So we would, we've definitely kind of bounced in between. So we've had, it really depends on the makeup of your leaders who lead particular sites. So multi-site often be can become an exercise in pulling away from the middle. So the site wants to um, pull away from the centre. So I always think we think of multi-site quite pragmatically and organisationally, but actually it's it's deeply emotional and re relational. So it's a lot of emotional and relational connections, all of it really. So multi-sites work depending on the different sorts of people that are involved. And we've had leaders who have really pushed away from franchise into being much more federation and would like to go beyond that because they want the space they want to work these things out themselves they don't necessarily want to be helped um or to be dictated to um and so then that just it forces the whole system then of all the different sites to re reevaluate how they work together which is why we always say whenever we add a new site, we, it changes everything everywhere. Yes. Even though you wouldn't think it would necessarily, you yes. know, the new site isn't directly connected to the thing. It just puts a new emotion and relationship into the system. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, so I, I would, I think if we were on our happiest day, we would say we're confident federation. Um, and I think, I don't think happy is the wrong word. I think uh, other times we lean into franchise because we recognise we need to push forward and sometimes that's the only way you can do it. Do you, do you think that's accurate? Do you think that's fair? I, I, I think so, yeah. I think I, I struggle with the idea of calling this franchise because sometimes my mind flits to Sundays. Yeah. Like it's the first place that this has worked out. Yes. And probably Sundays are the place where we're most um, solidly federation. Um but some of the behind the scenes and infrastructure stuff is much more franchise. So 
when I hear franchise, I think, okay, you're going to have the same songs played yeah. by the band. You're going to yeah. have the same kind of instruments in the band at each site. You're going to have the same preach. Now, whether that's like a video of uh, a preacher beamed in, I know the video model yeah. is out there, or whether it's someone, you know, getting on uh, a motorbike and going around the city to all the sites, <laughs> or um, I need to get a motorbike and claim it on the church, <laughs> um, or, or whether it's... Um, you know, the same passage or topic even preached by a different person. Yeah. They're all slightly less intense versions of franchise on Sundays, yeah. which we don't really do that. We'll have different teaching at different sites. And sometimes like a couple of sites might overlap and be doing the same thing, but that's not because anyone's told them to do that. It's just um, the way it's happened to be. Um, but a lot of the time it's, it's different. Um, it, it's local worship leaders who are choosing the songs and um, so in that sense every Sunday is a very different experience at every site and yet some of the the shape of it the the way like the mold that all those ingredients fit into that is quite tightly yes. defined and there wouldn't be much space to do it that differently yes. uh, within the CCM model and uh, community groups we we know what we're doing with them. Yeah. We know what we want to do with them. So yeah. there probably isn't loads of sway to change that. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, we um, well, preaching is a good example. So we would have a, a different preacher in in each of our services on a Sunday. It's rare that you would do a morning and evening even. Um, so that means there are some weeks seven preachers. Um, <clears throat> and often they're doing different subjects, sermon series. But... We help them centrally work out what the sermon series are across the whole church. We also, if you're preaching, you have to go through our preacher training. Um, and we we tell you off if you go for more than half an hour. <laughs> or I tell you off. So there, there, is, there is bandwidth. And if a site leader said, look, I, I'm fed up of doing preaching. I want us to have a discussion every week yeah. instead. I want to set three questions and we'll just sit and do a Bible study together. Yeah. That, that isn't a decision that they would be able to make. Yes. Or they couldn't go and make it independently. Now, they could go and put an argument in for it, mm-hmm. uh, but I doubt that they would win <laughs> that argument, for example. And the same with our worship leaders. We, uh, and how we do our worship times, we know that we like to structure our worship times in a certain way. So we do two songs, then notes is preached, then a longer time of worship at the end. And we do that so that we can keep our meetings fairly compact. Mm-hmm. Um, which helps kids workers when you're on kids work a lot um, and means the meetings don't go on too long, which I think is important in mission. Um, And so there is, so if somebody said, okay, we want our church service to go on for two hours, we want it to be an hour and a half or an hour of worship at the beginning and a 45 minute preach uh, at the end, then there would be a lot of, you know, we would push back quite hard against it. Um, So there is, there is bandwidth, but... Uh, not lots of bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's dead right. I, I think there are things that like a site leader might have as an idea. Like, yeah. I'd love to give this a try. And yeah. sometimes that doesn't cross outside the bandwidth that we've yeah. set. Often what we do in those situations is, well, give it a try, do it for a few weeks, see if it helps. Maybe then some other sites learn from it and it becomes a part of yes. what we do everywhere. Yes. So. There is some degree of space. Yes. Um, but what I've noticed has happened over the years is that for people who want to be innovative and 
um, try things and be visionary, the site isn't really the place to do that. But those people tend to be drawn into those central conversations yes. and help us be visionary and try things as a whole and, yes. and shape what the, the yes. whole church is. So. Yes. Yeah, very good. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think the nuts and bolts of what it is to be a, a church, the kind of the practical things you do to be a church and a community. So midweek, alpha, what your Sundays look like is fairly well set. But if you have a crazy idea for how to reach a particular people group or uh, an initiative you want to do or a program you want to run, then that, yes, you're right. There is much more space there to, like, we'll find money and time and uh, for for those sorts of things more than I want to change completely how we do Sundays and um, midweek stuff. Yeah, very interesting, yeah. Yeah, I I guess I was thinking about it, there probably is space to, to deviate more from the the bandwidth where there's a real missional need to do that so think about what what rosie's doing with the spanish-speaking mm. congregation yes because it is quite different in nature it's yes. it's reaching spanish speakers and a lot of it is we want to do things in a way that are culturally helpful to that group of people mm. she probably does have more more leeway to change the structure of that meeting than someone who's maybe planted into a community of Manchester that's quite similar to some of the other communities we're in. Um, And thinking as well, um, one thing we've discussed and not done anything with at this point, but perhaps having a congregation looking to reach addicts and people who have um, very low education levels. And if we were to do something like that, again, we probably wouldn't roll out a service that's structurally the same mm. you you reinvent for context don't yes. you, a bit. yeah no i think you're right actually the the spanish-speaking service has been a, a learning curve for for all of us i think i think we always slightly assume our way of doing things is now a bit plug in and play uh, and i think we've realized cross-culturally that's not true yeah. <laughs> which i'm sure there are experts in cross-cultural mission who might listen to this and think well duh yeah um but so i mean rosie would say that she would get really nervous when she would get some of the Spanish speakers to preach and they would be going on for like 40, 45 minutes. And she'd be like, oh man, Tim is going to tell me off of this, how long this is. Uh, and then realising actually culturally that kind of South American church, uh, it's just a completely, dis- so we they can't compact it into quite tidy British, white British ways of doing things. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think that's quite a learning curve for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. An interesting thing that um, that we've reflected on a bit at times, and I've been asked this by quite a few people who are having the multi-site conversation, is where do people identify? So if someone comes along and they join a site, do, do they see that site as primarily their community mm. or do they see the whole church? And a lot of the time what I want to say is, doesn't overly matter. Mm. Uh, I mean, some people, they've got the head for the big and they love it. Mm. But I think most people just want a community that they can be friends with and worship mm. God with. And if they find that in their site, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, do you, do you agree? Or yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting. Some people who begin to serve centrally, whether it's on the youth team or uh, one of the other teams, even the kind of practical on trustees or in a safeguarding, they their relationship networks begin to shift and they get to know other other people and you see friendships start working in a different way. Um, and some people are just 
curious about what other people are like in these other places. So there's a guy in Fallowfield who came to our School of Discipleship on a Saturday morning. He's a guy in his early 20s um, and started chatting with someone there in their 50s whose kids are only a year or two younger than him. And they invited him around for dinner. And now he's like making friends with this whole other group of people. And he absolutely, he's loving it because of that. And so I, I, they're different sites. It doesn't make any difference to me. So I think it's, it has to work in a way that's real for the, for the people, I think. So most people, though, it's who you see every Sunday. You've got busy life, your community group, and that's about it. And that's fine as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it absolutely is. Let, let's wrap this one up here. Um, just a little bit on philosophy and multi-site. And uh, yeah, next time we'll be back and get into some questions about leadership and multi-site.